0: Let me know. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. Uh, This is a series that's based on a question that Jesus was asked. What's the most important commandment? I said he was being really what he was asked was what's the most important thing? And his answer was, I should have uh, muted my phone now. That's my phone. (laughs) huh? Yeah, okay. Hey, put that slide back that says developing a disciple's heart again, would you guys? Just keep everything running and put the slide back. We'll edit it. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome. Oh, Douglas hates it when I laugh when we start. Okay, fine. Hello everybody and welcome. As we continue on here at the Vineyard in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. This series was uh, in response to a question that Jesus asked, what's the most important commandment? And I've said to you, he was really being asked, what's the most important thing? And his response was amazingly profound and simple, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And we said, in a practical way, as disciples, what we need to do is three things to try and live up to uh, the answer to that uh, question, which is, um, I always say, be thankful every day for at least five things. That helps us to get focused on who God is and what He's doing and, and His amazing love for us so that we can love Him well. And that. Uh, we also need to encourage at least two people a day, and that's how we love others, and that um, we love ourselves by, by trying to do the next right thing. And, and so we've talked about those three things, and we continue to talk about them as sort of the foundation for the life that we are trying to live as disciples of Jesus. We also have said that, Um, Busyness keeps us from doing those things. We get distracted. Sometimes we end up going through an entire day We haven't been thankful for anything. Uh, We haven't encouraged anybody else We haven't made good choices in our own life and so we are trying to come up with a way to get better connected And we're talking through seven sections of scripture that we're calling sort of a disciples heart primer talking about priming the pump of our hearts uh, in order to help us get better connected tools that we can use um, to get better connected to God, so that as we go through the day, we're we're we more quickly aware of our drift, uh, and and listening to the Spirit, so we can get back on track a little sooner. And so we, we started by talking about getting focused. We look at Hebrews 10:19 through 25 together. Um, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed. With pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider... How we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That those verses help us to get a a good focus as we start our day on the throne room, on who God is, on who we are in Christ, and things look different from that perspective. And so we spent weeks talking about the importance of, of that, access to the most holy place. And what that means. We just finished up a section that we talked about getting thankful. We used Philippians four, 4 uh, through 8 for that. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Um, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And we discussed in great length about the importance of being thankful uh, and, and how that really changes the way that we look at life. And and in those last uh, sermons, we talked about what it means to be re- rejoicing and we talked about, you know, the peace of God and what that looks like. We talked about how important it was to be gentle. Uh, we, we covered a lot of topics. Well, we're going to move into a new section today. And we're going to talk in this section about getting connected. And this is a, a section where we really move into prayer. These first two sections are sort of, uh, I always call them sort of the... They're getting me ready to go into prayer. Um, they, they get my focus right. I know who I am in, in Christ and all those things. And then, and then I get thankful because that just helps me get my, my mind where it should be. And then I I start to hang out with God. I start to get connected with God, and I use the Lord's Prayer as my model. And and I want to talk, again, about the Lord's Prayer and how it was designed to be a model for us to pray. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6, and it's verses 6, uh, 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Most of you know this one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When Jesus taught his disciples this prayer, it was never, uh, I don't believe it was just uh, that you sort of recite this and you'll be good. It's a model for prayer that we're going to dig into. And each part of it um, helps to sort of Guide you in your prayers with God. And that's what I want to spend the next uh, weeks talking about together. But before we do that, I got two things I want to do um, before we dig in. First, I have this little story I thought you'd like. It's about a man who's struggling with a nagging secret that he just can't keep in any longer. And he decides he needs to go to the confessional uh, there, and he admits in the confessional for years that he's been stealing building supplies from the lumberyard where he worked. And, and what did you take was the question that the, the parish priest asked him. And he said, well, I took enough to build my own home and enough for my son's house and houses for our two daughters and our cottage at the lake. This is very serious, the priest said. I have to think about a far-reaching penance for you. Have you ever done a retreat? And the guy said, well, no, I haven't. But if you can get the plans, I can get the lumber. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive us our debts (laughs) as we have forgiven our debts. Okay. So I want to talk about prayer, but um, and we're going to use the Lord's Prayer to do that because it's a great model. Um, And and I think I would say, you know, as I say that, I think all of you, I mean, right off the bat as believers, you're going to say prayer is a good thing, an important thing, obviously something that we should be including in our lives. But I also know that we get busy and sometimes prayer gets pushed aside. Like A lot of this stuff, prayer gets pushed aside, and my concern is as we talk about these tools and... Me really asking you to think seriously about developing 20 or 30 minutes into your life every day to, to practice this stuff. That, uh, many times we're just too busy. We can't find the time. We don't know where the time's gonna come from. And, uh, and, and so even though it sounds like a good idea, we don't get there. Prayer sometimes becomes more of a last resort even for Christians. Like, uh, you know, we say, hey, we need to pray. And the response is really, oh my, is it that bad? Have we come to that? That's all that's left now is prayer. And uh, the reality should be that that prayer is where we start things with. It's how we get going. It it encompasses our life. It's it's a big part of what we do and how we go. So I thought that before we dig in the next week to the practicalities of getting connected, that I would spend some time uh, in this message um, talking about clearing up some time in our schedules so that we have more time to connect and pray and do the things that we need to do. And so that's what we're going to do today. I have four points that I want to move into as we talk about that. Before we do, I, I had this verse that I read this week that really triggered all this for me. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I try to read Scripture every day to make sure I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And I'm up into the book of Isaiah. And these things come up during the week. And this was Isaiah 30, 15 through 18. And as God will so often do, He just kind of grabs my attention with verses that I'm reading. And this is it. I thought you'd enjoy that. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we'll flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we'll ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, and the threat of five you will uh, all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, to show you grace. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for Him. And this scripture just, just jumped out of me in such a powerful way as I'm, I'm thinking this week about you know being busy and not having enough time for things and encouraging people to find time and their schedules are so overwhelmed and where are they going to find the time? And, and it, this verse just spoke to me that most of us in our day and age live sort of this verse. We're, we're always busy and always on the go. We're like hopping on horses and just trying to, to get, go fast enough to get away from the problems or take care of them by speeding things up and doing more and doing more and doing more. And yet it doesn't work. It says that the Lord is, is gracious and, and He wants us to wait on Him. blessed are those who wait on Him, who hang out with Him in quietness. And in, in strength is in, strength in, in trusting him. There's, it's all those things that we're supposed to be um, moving towards. And yet our nature, not our good nature, takes us into this whole hop on a swift horse thing and get going. So I thought, once again, we needed to look at Jesus as our model for life and ministry, as we always should. I've read the scriptures numerous times, uh, and especially the accounts of Jesus. It's my favorite to read through the Gospels. He was never in a hurry. I can't find one place where he's in a hurry ever. I never see an account of Jesus running anywhere. Never. Ever. Never in a hurry. Um, Things happen that you would think would cause him to pick up his pace. The news comes to him at one point that his friend is dying, they need him there quick. He takes three days to cover four miles. He's just not in a hurry. Listening for God, doing what he's supposed to do, but never. In a hurry. Um, when, when he comes into Jerusalem for his final week, he wasn't even riding a horse. What do you think he, he might do? Guess what he came in on? A mule. do de do do He wasn't in a hurry. Jesus took breaks. When you read the scripture, Jesus took breaks. He stopped. Took a break. Made time to eat with his friends. When they didn't get food, Mark 6, they had to stop. They not And you know, I was thinking about this too. Um, we often take... If you're like me, I make sure that I eat, but they're talking about something different in the scripture. Remember that, that food in the scripture had a, a connotation with fellowship to it. And what we, set it, what we settle on for eating oftentimes has nothing to do with it. It's, we're just kind of shoving in something fast and calling it lunch. You know, 30 seconds. Boom, that was lunch. And uh, that's not what they're talking about. You know, we, we get so busy that we don't even take time to do those things and connect. Jesus made time in his life for his friends. He he went to sleep at night, even when there was an entire world that needed something. Jesus made time for prayer, and he made time to get away by himself. All those things are evident in the scriptures. That's Jesus. And in the three years that he was with us doing ministry, he had more of an impact on the world than anyone ever has or ever will have. Um, but you need to look at his life for a model. He wasn't hurried. He wasn't running at full speed. His life wasn't hectic. Um, he moved at the pace that god uh, had given him and uh, he walked through this life doing what he needed to do he always you know had he was he was connected to a way that he saw things that were happening in people around him that people hadn't seen i love reading the accounts of jesus where he's ministering to people that had been there and been invisible for years to everybody else but jesus comes and sees and he stops and he he quits the pace and he just pulls aside and he, he takes care of people see he he gets Life. He gets the, uh, in the scripture we, we read the other day, the unforced rhythms of grace. See, it just wasn't this push, 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 go, go, go in life. Get on a horse and go even faster and faster. I'm not picking on horses. I'm just saying it's, a, it's an analogy from that story. So I have a couple of quick questions for you before I get into my points. Um, when you're driving and you get stopped by a red light, what is your reaction? Do you go, oh, ah, that's nice, a little chance for a break here. I can sit and relax for a moment, maybe pray for all the drivers around me, and uh, what a wonderful thing. Or do you have no reaction, which is okay. Or do you start immediately getting upset that you got caught by that red light? Do you um, start talking out loud to the light? Do you? What's your reaction? Because it shows a lot about where you're at. Another question, just for you to think about: when you go to a store and when you go to check out of that store and there's a line, what is your reaction? Are you again like, oh, okay? I wasn't, you know, this is nice. I can leaf through a magazine here, have some nice conversation with my fellow line members, meet some new people, pray for the cashiers, go bag some groceries. It's all going to be wonderful. Or do you spend your time hunting for a better line, managing the store from your position in line? <laughs> oh, I hit a button. <laughs> uh, but wondering why there's not more employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, you, you get it. You know that. Alice and I were down in QS the other day uh, at Kmart, and we bought these these um, stands, and they were on sale. I mean, way on sale. So it was a great price. There was like 50 people in line. And I'm like, well, see, you have to pay for this somehow. <laughs> we're going to pay for these full price in time. And that's okay, because we've got them. And it's just the way it is. It's not worth being upset about. There's nothing you could do to fix it. Uh, and uh, you, you can hunt for better lines. But, you know, I, I've learned over time that... Um, God has a sense of humor to the point where whenever I change a line, it's a bad decision. If I'm in this line, I should stay there because the moment I pick line B because it looks faster, something bad happens. <laughs> Not to me, but the person ahead of me is taking a half an hour to write a check or can't find a check or needs something extra and they have to leave for price checks. You know what I'm talking about. So I ask you, how do you do? All right, how about this? If you're working on a project and it doesn't go exactly the way that you hoped it would, what's your reaction? Do you get frustrated at all? Do you slam and bang? And Do people not like being around you when things aren't going well? These are questions you need to ask. And if any of those things sort of push your buttons, then, then there's some stuff I think you can get out of this message. Alright, first one. You have to think about your motivations in life. You have to think about your motivation. Really, really important. Why are we doing what we're doing? You need to know none of us has completely pure motives ever. We don't because we... We're battling the sin nature and stuff, and it's all there. So it's something we need to be thinking about all the time. What is my motivation? And the big questions that I think we have to ask are this. Are you being motivated by fear? Are you being motivated by guilt? Are you being motivated by greed? Or are you being motivated by ego? There's other things, but, but those tend to pick a lot of uh, the things that we're doing off, I think, that need to be looked at. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Our motivation for life is supposed to be love. We talk about that all the time. It's supposed to be love. John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Love is supposed to be the motivation for the things that we do in this life. It's the only motivation that will keep us loving God, loving others, and trying to do the next right thing. It's the only motivation that will do those things. But we're not always operating under love. And so so what we need to look at is this second point. What are some of the things you're doing with wrong motives? And I want you to really think about it. What are some of the things that you're doing on a regular basis and your motive's not love. It's something else. Um, what do you have in your life that you're doing that's motivated by fear? You really just don't trust God enough in certain areas and you you you're motivated by fear. And fear is... To me it's the worst motivation And a lot of people are, spend most of their lives motivated by fear Worry, anxiety And that's why they're doing what they're doing They're just fearful They don't have any trust in them at all And they, they're, they're running on go They're running at full speed all the time Because they're afraid if they don't Everything falls apart And it's, it's complete fear What about things that are motivated by guilt? A lot of us have been guilted into doing a lot of things throughout the course of our lives. And many of us still are. People have this influence on us. They manipulate us. They catch us just right. They, they use all sorts of things against us. And, and it's, a, it's one of the biggest time killers you have in your life. It's things that you're doing because you're being guilted into it. And, uh, and so you need to examine them. What is it that's just guilt in my life? I need to look at it. what it is. How about this greed? What is it that you're just doing because it's, it's a greed thing? You just want more and more and more, and, and so you've got this greed motivating you to do something. And, and ego. Are there things that you're doing because of your pride? Because of your ego, because you've got to prove something to somebody, whatever it might be. James 4, 1-3, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So anything that uh, is in your life that's not motivated by love, and there will be lots of things, needs to be looked at. And then what you need to do is the third thing. You have to do some pruning. Remember I said I wanted to clean up some time in your schedules. There's some things in your schedules right now, in your lives right now, that you need to prune. You need to get rid of. Colossians 3, 1 through 5. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll also appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You you actually have to stop and think about these motivations, and you need to start kind of hacking away some of the busyness, the craziness, and the chaos in your life and schedule. And, and and so it starts by looking at these things regularly and then making some changes. And it can be very hard. We hit routines, we hit all sorts of things, but but there's stuff in your world right now that that shouldn't be in there. And that's all I'm asking you to deal with, to find some time to do this other stuff, is to hack away some stuff that shouldn't be there so that you've got more than enough time for everything else. More than enough time. Um, so we got to make changes. Getting on a swifter horse doesn't work. In fact, you have to get off the horse altogether and do this. But last point, you have to wait for Him. You have to wait for Him. Isaiah forty twenty eight through 31 Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord... We'll renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What we need to do is some of the time that we free up, by actually pruning away some of the things that we're, we're being motivated in poor ways doing, um, we have to spend a little more time with Him. You need to spend more time and energy on the things in your life that are motivated by love for Him and for others and for yourself. And less time and energy on things motivated by fear, guilt, greed, and ego. And when you do, you'll find out that your reactions in life will change. You'll get to a red light and, and you all thought it was funny, but you actually you go, ah, oh, I need a little break. And I wonder how everybody around me is doing. You'll get to the store and you think, you know what, I'm going to hang out and pray for people here. I can, I can see situations. i got time. I'm not so, so crowded on the edge of my life That things like that push me over the edge, and and what we're trying to do is get you off the edge of yourself a little bit. You need to. We live life on the edge, busy, 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 go, go, and I. The Lord just wants you back off the edge a little bit, because that's where this time in your life is to kind of hang out with Him and see what's going on and be useful to Him. And there's stuff we got to do, but we fill up the margins of our lives, and there's nothing then for left over for us or for Him or for anyone. And so, so take a good look at those things. And, uh, and see what you can do to change them a little so that you've got more time for Him and uh, more time for yourself and live a blessed life, the one that He's called you to and the life that He's prepared for you. So that's what we're going to finish with today. We're going to dig into the Lord's Prayer starting next week and uh, by then you'll have plenty of time because your schedules will be completely different and uh, that's not guilt, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be able to dig in and... Uh, and get better connected. Amen? Amen. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for watching. We are so glad you took your valuable time and spent it with us. If there's anything we can do, call us, write us. We'll be happy to pray for you. See what we can do. God bless you all. And uh, we're going to finish this part of our time.